say how much I was looking forward to the ride. <laughs> um, it's the comic, by the way, you've yeah. the animals. Right, oh yeah. So, welcome to the Geek Easy Comics and Stuff podcast. This is the latest episode, I suppose. Uh, as always, brought to you by our good friends in Rogue Podcast Network, iTunes, Poppy, and YouTube, other places where you can find people that's spouting inane nonsense. New new feed updated on Spotify. Which is now, if you search for Geek Easy Comics and Stuff on Spotify, you will find it. You'll see the Dublin City Comics logo, and that's it. It's there on Spotify. And all the rest of the other shit talkery episodes will be up there. Yeah. There will be swearing. Um, yeah, as usual, it's me, Doc, and... Me, Wayne. Hey. No, no guests this week, just us. Just the two of us. No, don't start that shit, Sorry. <coughs> no, I'm making fucking... Um, Benjamin, we're doing that as well on a... Well, Where are they? You can actually hear the viewership dropping off, so don't start singing. Singing? Yeah. Well, I can sing, so it's oh. all right. Well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, let's just get straight into it. The Riot, Burning Desire. I'm looking forward to this book since it's got a cream for that. Yeah. Looks fucking deadly. What's it about? Uh, it looks like it's about people getting kicked in the face when... What? It sounds from the guess from the name of it, is it, it's more to do with, like, uh, cars and shit. <laughs> Oh, the first coming to the inside of the book. 15 years of the riot. This is a reprint, is it? That sounds like my relationship. <laughs> <laughs> 15 years of the riot. Shut up. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, oh, fuck it is, no. Oh, it God. is 15 years? Yeah, Imer doesn't listen to this, so it's crying. I got away with that one. But yeah, no, pretty much it. The one years. episode she tunes in for. <laughs> uh, <I'm fucking> <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? There's uh, a great, actually, there's a synopsis in the back. Yeah, basically... The Riot is a pulp noir of bad men, worse women, fast cars, hard-boiled characters in search of what's right and what's wrong. The rules are simple, there's just one constant. When the Riot enters a character's life, changes of foot. Stories explore crime, what pushes people to commit it, and what drives those to fight to stop it. So yeah, basically it debuted in 2004 with a two-issue miniseries with a story from Doug Wagner and Arpa Cully Hanner. Uh, Brian Stelfreeze, George Genty, Dexter Vines, Jason Pearson, covers by Adam Hughes, which I think I, yeah, we have again. That, well, that's a Hughes cover, yeah. Yep. Um, over the last 15 years pages of the ride have been graced by an amazing group of creators who have made most of their time behind the wheel uh, who have made the most of their time behind the wheel uh, from Ron Mars oh come on uh, Chris Brunner Rico Renzi with their groundbreaking story language barrier to Andrew Robinson Sanford Green Phil Noto Tom Cooker Jody the Hoop uh, David Latham uh, Cody Chamberlain Rick Leonardi Tom Rainey and many more pushing their work to new levels so it's basically yeah it's like an anthology series yeah it's like an anthology yeah mm. Of the red, ah, sparkles. There is, there is definitely a case of like you know. <laughs> Sorry, it, mean, it means one <laughs> thing somewhere. Got a taser that says "all sparky," and he's shocking a woman in the boobs. <laughs> oh, what really? He's shocking a woman in the no, boobs. No, that's that. midrip, man. He hasn't got the boobs. He's between the boobs. That's pretty much right in the underwear. So it's full on. Okay. I'm pretty sure he just electrocuted her clothes off. <laughs> so yeah, so this is definitely one for the mature readers. Uh, yeah, because mature mature readers of age, immature readers of mind. Well, like the what the fuck. Yeah, that's full on, full yeah. on. Straight I'm not, in. Not disappointed. This is exactly yeah. what I was hoping for. Okay, so there you go, Ryan. Recommendation from Doc. That's 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 a unicorn. That's a someone in a unicorn onesie with a cricket bat, and um, it looks like a corkscrew dildo killing somebody. It sounds like Saints Row. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Awesome. Yep, pretty happy with that. Sweet. So uh, if we can take Ant away from this podcast, I'm very happy with the ride. That's good to know. After 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so fucking dead. <laughs> um, other than that, this week what I've been really looking forward to has Event Leviathan. Yeah. And not because it's a DC book, but because it's Bendez and Malif. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I yeah. do love when the two of them get together. So is that the uh, that's this and it looks exactly like you'd expect the Bendis and Malif book to be. Yeah. Delicious. Only thing is it's in the DC universe, so I'm gonna find out how that posts them together. 
Interesting. That, that this has been the build up. It's got it's got a what is it? The, the tagline is the three greatest detectives in the DC universe team up to kind of find out what the crack is. So it's Batman, Green Arrow, and the question. Apparently, it's been pulling the strings behind everything. Yeah. So. Uh, it's you know it's it, the art is cracking. I'm sure it would bend this amount of working together. It's 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 a good story. Yeah, they're a great fucking team. Um, um, and it is cool to see that they're kind of working together on this as well. But um, event Leviathan. Yep. Dun 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 dun. Uh, yeah. There you go. That's right. And otherwise, this week in my stash we got Gogor next issue the, uh, that should be a moustache as well actually the oh yeah there's probably one of them floating around then. the amazing Spider-Man epilogue to Haunted oh very good uh, Jim Henson Storyteller Sirens cool uh, The Punisher do they have still have Greg Small one on the covers for The Punisher uh, show me on yep it is yep uh, Dude, Darth Munger and Punisher Silver Surfer Black for Tradmore ooh yes pretty interesting we have a copy there as well uh, Superior Spider-Man we have Superman we have Symbiote Spider-Man Symbiote I don't know how to say that anymore uh, Venom and of course the Wonder Woman covers oh, oh yeah 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 back on the Very cover nice. and the one that's probably the most bizarre one I got this week Alexander Jodorowsky's 90th anniversary birthday edition of Jodorowsky and Bokes Twisted Tales they're doing a lot of these reprints we've had a lot of these over the last couple of weeks haven't we yep one beautiful day the married couple crippled with death could no longer feed themselves nor the kennel thus they fasted the dogs starving and furious devoured Carmen and Juan beautiful <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking through this Silver Surfer Black. Yeah. It's Trad Moore. Yeah. But it's not Trad Moore like you've seen him before. Oh, really? It's Trad Moore. Actually, funnily enough, it's if Trad Moore is doing a Jodorowsky book. Fuck off. Look at that. Oh, Jesus. That's that's Jodorowsky right there. That's. Look, look at those colours. Look at those lines. Look at the. It's literally a 60. It looks like it. Look at that right up the crotch shot. Wow, that like, is that is his sparse right there. That's, that's right there. Right in the gooch. Up the surfer's gooch. Right yeah. in the gooch. Fucking Nora. That, like, that's amazing because each leg is in the opposite corner of the actual oh, panel. It's, it's more on. It's, this is more on acid. It's more in the 60s. Try more in the Jesus. 60s. But that's full on trippy, trippy as fuck. Yeah, I love the musculature on the surfer, actually. Yeah, it's wacky looking. It's so, something you haven't seen him in like before. I actually think again, this is I have a again. It's 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 a thing about single issues, that makes you want to trade weight because you have an artist like Trad Moore in a book, and it's such a different type of art and a different type of book. Yeah, the ads in this really do take you out of it. Yeah, you're right. Because one the one of them is like the first ad is an ad for Universal Orlando Resort. And then as you go along, it's an ad for the House of X, Powers of X by Hickman and Silva, and it's it's an it's a it's a page of X Men art. Yeah, it's That's really taking you out. So of it, yeah. different to what's in it. So it's actually I think if they'd adapted, it's actually quite jarring. Yeah. Yeah. If they'd adapted the IDW stance and put the ads at the back. Yeah. And there you go, another page of ads for the for the Amazing Spider Man actually, but because the artwork in uh, uh, Tradmore's artwork is so different than this, like this is different to anything else he's done before. Mm. This is different to Luther Strode. This is different no, to Ghost. Different to Luther Strode, but it's um, New World was the one he did last. It's different to his Ghost Rider stuff as well. No, the last book he did is kind of similar to that. Because that's him kind of flexing his own little muscles. Is that Null? Uh, the yeah. fuck is Null doing? Null, yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Is that? There you go. That's Silver Surfer Black. It's a very different looking book to what you would normally see in a mainstream Marvel book, I think. The colours are nice. Yeah, it's, it's very minimalist as well. I really like that. It one is, but stuff. like this trippy as balls type stuff. But I think Marvel have done themselves at this service. They've done this book at this service by putting the adverts in there to break up the story because it, it like, 
This is something that when you get it in trade, is going to flow really nice. Even when you go there as well, there's, there's an ad for them. Was that a phone? No, it's one of those little shitty things you stick on the back of your phone so you can hold it with your two fingers. Yeah, yeah. So it's but it's like bang, bang. And it looks like an actual page of the Avengers. For the Avengers comic. So it's, it breaks up the story, but it breaks up the art, and it's very jarring. Yeah, thanks, I think it thanks do, Pop Sockets. It does it, I think it does the book a disservice. I think, like I've just yeah. said, I think this book will look really, really nice once the series, series is collected in a trade. But I think those ads are really fucking it up. Yeah. No, it looks amazing all the same. It's a gorgeous looking book. And I've, I've seen, I saw that cover. The cover is actually quite striking. Um, very minimalistic again, but it's very striking. Now we've got to do the rounds online. I was just scanning that. Like, it, there's a bit where um, he, the uh, server's having a monologue, but then he talks to somebody. But um, I was just scanning it, and I read what he said, and then the monologue. And it's, in the monologue, is, it reeks of rot, decay, dot, dot, dot. And the next panel is, and metal. And all I read is, I have come to you in peace and in need of metal. Metal. <laughs> Can't kill it is, metal. It is very metal, actually, the book. It's very kind of... Like I said, it's it's like a... 60s, prog rock. It's a prog rock album. <laughs> That's what it is. You could be listening to Tool or something while, while uh, reading Jesus. the book. There's a whole lot going on there. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a beautiful looking book. It's so, yeah. and Maelstrom. Silver Surfer Black out on New Comic Book Day this week. Highly recommend checking it out. Sweet. Yeah, awesome. Um, what else we got? We got... Uh, Next Carpenter. John Carpenter's Tales of Science Fiction, not written by John Carpenter. Um, written by Joe Harris, art by Cat Staggs. Um, series created by John Carpenter and Sandy King. What that means yeah. is, is John Carpenter put his name to it and collected a check. Um, the art, but they have been good books, Mr. Fucking Grumpy Pants. I know, I know, I know, I know. Like, I'm just Jay's been reading those and he said they're fucking brilliant. They're good little sci-fi. I'm mythologies. not a fan of that art style. The art style is uh, it's like it's done in... Um, in a 3D modeler give give. situation and then they've just traced over them you turn into a fucking snob man I am a snob when it comes to artwork and comics and when it yeah, comes to colouring yeah, right. no but I, I know what I like and I know what I don't like yeah. and it's like you know it's maybe just my opinion but I think it just looks stunted <laughs> and wrong no that does in all fairness that definitely there's a, a program that they use for this stuff that um, my mates put me with called Days 3D Yeah. and you can really see when people are using models and that, and that unfortunately yeah you can see that in this book it is a lot of people using actual models and just tracing over them like even the facial expressions they're just models that somebody has drawn over. Yeah. So, like, the lads have been telling me, um, I'm not going to write out who they are, but they use it for framing a scene, and then they, from that, they take a still image of that. Sure. And then they sketch that. Yeah, reference. So that's exactly, Pure they reference. use it as a reference. But there are artists who, and I'm not going to call out who's on this book. <laughs> you already said the name, I'm going to say it again. But uh, they are quite obviously using that, and then just drawing straight over, like that face of expression right there. It's just straight, yeah, it's straight drawn over. It's, 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 it's Greg model. Land situation. Right and that, and that's worse. At least Greg Land traces porn models. <laughs> At least. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let, let's try that over the maybe not get pot. Event Leviathan. Fucking whopper. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, Marvel Tales featuring Spider-Man. So it's another collection. Oh yeah. Classic that's actually a really, really nice cover yeah. to a classic collection of, of, of Spidey stories. Yeah, I like the way they're doing these. They're kind of just like little bite-sized kind of collections. Oh, Mysterio. Deadly. So it's Amazing Spider-Man 66, Marvel Spotlight 32, and Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man number 90. But the, the, the oh, cover okay. is actually there. The cover, that, that cover's been in the rounds online. It's a really nice cover. Yeah. Colours are nice. That looks like a fumble. Red Sonja. Dynamite. No. Oh, that's real good. No, Red, the Red Sonja books have been, have been really solid yeah. uh, the last while. And I think, it's if a I'm not mistaken, if I could be wrong in saying this, did I see online that Rob Carey is doing a Red Sonja book? Um, I can neither confirm nor deny. Yeah, I think he posted pages on, on social media. Oh. 
I think he did. Well, then if that's the case, and he's confirmed. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I think I nearly, I nearly swear I saw him drawing. It's uh, a fucking great panel. Isn't kid, it? Kid running through the. Oh Jesus! Solid, solid, full-on fantasy action. Yeah, yeah. He's ripping off arms and shit, and the kid is running through them all. Follow. Yeah, that was fucking sweet. Like, like the red. Like, I know Conan has made a resurgence in the Marvel universe, but if you want some solid sword and sorcery shit. Red Sonya books on Dynamite. This is actually the bur- this is a number one. You know the so only problem I have, I'm gonna sound a bit prudish now. The only thing, the only problem I have with Red Sonya is her fucking costume. The arm, the lack of armor. No, the chainmail bikini. It's something chain that's bikini. always fucking struck me as stupid. Oh yeah, no, it is one percent. Because I, I actually got a Red Sonya figure, um, when um I got my what you got when I, when I was waiting for the Fison um Death Dealer to come out. Yeah. Which the lads actually got me for my birthday, um, which was quite awesome. Um, from my 40th um, I got a Red Sonja Fison figure that's a great figure the only problem is it's just literally it's a young one in a chain lab bikini yeah and for me like I always want like the the, the Amazons in uh, Wonder Woman yeah I love that kind of the hoplite leather armour with the, well, the skirt proper body armour yeah. and the fucking the, the, I suppose the the, the armoured uh, boots and shit like that like it looks fucking badass that just looks a bit too ridiculous for me. Well, totally. I mean, it's as, from, as great and all as it is. Red Sony is definitely from a time of you know the, the Frazetta era of tits, and, yeah, tits and swords type thing. You know, yeah. like it's it's that type of. But in all in all fairness, in Frazetta, most people wore no clothes. Yeah, Even the dudes. Nobody had any clothes on. Yeah, they got in the way of the muscles. Exactly. Um, Which incidentally brings me to the other thing we were talking about earlier. The uh, what's called the Egyptian queen. The, the, cult, the is that the the art went. The actual art itself that was the cover of Eerie 30, sorry, 23, I think it was. Um, the actual uh, picture itself sold for 5.4 million. Jesus. Yeah, and that's the highest selling Frazetta piece as far as I'm aware now. So, and it was always one of the most iconic pieces. So that sold at auction there recently. It makes you wonder who actually bought that. Was it actually a proper full-on... Oh man, he has so many... like Fan? He has voracious fans. Voracious. No, I get that. But I mean, for that amount of money... There are people but, out there that buy the art. See, there's an argument. Just put it in the press. No, there's an argument about Frazetta because as good as a comic and, and an illustrator as he was, there's people that have always said he should have been recognised as a fine art artist as well. Sure. But he was never. He was only ever recognised as an illustrator. And there's a lot of contention with that because he did use oils. He did do proper paintings. But people just lamped him into that kind of, oh, he's just an illustrator. Personally, from my point of view, I think if you're an artist, you're an artist. I think... I think it's a very snobbery. It's a it's a high level of snobbery. Oh, complete level of snobbery. Absolutely. High level of snobbery yeah. to look at somebody like Frazetta and say oh, you're just an illustrator. Yeah. He wasn't just an illustrator. Oh um, like like I said, he's he's my favorite artist without yeah. a doubt. Among any other artists out there, I'm 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 sorry, Chum. If he's listening, he's probably not listening. To me. <laughs> I love Benitez's stuff, but Frazetta will always be my absolute favorite artist. Yeah. I only watched the documentary on him there um, the other day. The fire, um, fire and ice. No, it's the fire and steel. I think it is. Sure. But it's money. You should if you haven't seen that, check it out. I think it's, I know. I don't think I've seen it. It's though. a it's about it's a, it's a biography. It's it's a piece about him and it's him talking with his family and how he basically went around and did all this stuff. Like it's it, it's his life. It's not just about his art. It's about the man himself. Sure. But it keeps cutting to people talking about him, and it's got like, I think this was done in maybe the nineties, maybe the eighties. You got the biz, like Bisley just sitting there chatting away. Bernie Wrightson sitting there chatting away. All of these iconic fucking lads talking about how much of an impact Frazetta had on them yeah, as well. Like, so even just for a slice of fucking fried gold, like just that kind of peeking back into those guys and that, like I suppose the, the Lobo era, the fucking... That would have been the era that probably you would have found them and I would have found them growing up as comic book people. <laughs> yeah, <coughs> like that kind of big muscles, late 90s, big fucking early 90s. Guns. Exactly. That kind early, of the heyday. Late 80s, early 90s, yeah. The heyday of comics and especially with the likes of like Simon Bisley one of the greats as well just yeah fucking fantastic but, but visceral art even in if you look that exact cover the Egyptian Queen cover mm-hmm. 
there's a character in the background of the Egyptian Queen cover that's like a guard or something or a soldier and he's yeah. got a pose on him. That exact pose and look of that guard basically put that into the Horn God. Oh, really? There's a page in the Horn God... Of, so he deliberately referenced that like, I think so sweet um, I only like looking at it again well no in all fairness if there wasn't for Rosetta we wouldn't have had Bisley or any no exactly of like Liam Sharp any of them no they one. would not be where no, they are they if wouldn't Rosetta be. hadn't did the groundwork for all these exactly. but it's like anything you look at you look at artists nowadays that are inspiring now artists young artists now to do what they want to do it's the same like it swings and roundabouts when it comes to that type of thing you always have one iconic artist that everyone looks up to yeah and Frazetta for a lot of people but it's not even looking one. up to like Frazetta changed the landscape yeah, like books like even the likes of Conan and stuff like that they were popular but they were still kind of pulpy as soon as his art hit the covers of those books they suddenly went fucking mainstream well even the and cover the, blew the, it up for everybody well, the, cover, the book that that was on the Queen the Queen, the Egyptian Queen was eerie. on was eerie I mean that was nothing but pulp but even with but that but that's what I'm saying it elevated as as, it as soon as he started doing that people were like oh shit yeah. this is real good yeah it and elevated it, it was, in the documentary it's great because the um, I'm going to just go on a bit of a Frazetta tangent yeah here. but the um the, his agent was basically talking about how you know they or they they started doing those or I think it was him actually sorry they they started talking about or he was talking about how he had done the um, the covers for a few of them and they would kind of given him an idea an idea and then they would ran out of all the bits and they said look if you got any other work around Frank just just give us a bit of art and we'd slap it on a cover and that was it they just started buying all of his work and putting on books and he was selling the books mm-hmm. might have even allowed him to fucking do it but they'd find a story that would fit that cover next get it out it's like a weird version of the Marvel method but it was the cover method yeah it was like give us our piece of artwork and we'll inspire somebody to write a story about that um, as funny as well because there's a, there's a few great bits in it as well there's there's a lot of um, I've heard a lot of um, rumours about how you know his family are all alienated and all that kind of and his wife there was a few rows of them and stuff you can really see there's, there's a great bit at the end where one of the guys who was doing the documentary and the family are there talking there's a great sense of family like, but there, there was a weird element because he had thyroid cancer and his family thought he was only going mad. They didn't think he actually was sick. But he kept telling everyone he was ill, he was sick. He needed to fucking get yeah. to see a doctor. The doctor checked him over and missed it. Jesus. But the family were like, you're going mad, Frank. And he's like, I'm not going fucking wrong, man. There's something wrong with me. And eventually he found it was thyroid. And they're all like, oh shit, really sorry. But there's, there was all that kind of stuff. It's been blown up out of proportion. But there was a really good family. That's what happens with your thyroid. Yeah. They, um, what you call it? The, there was a whole thing going on where his... Um, like somebody said to me before how his, his wife was a real kind of like a not a gold digger but she was basically milking him for all he was worth she wasn't she managed him she looked after him and made sure he didn't fuck up his own shit do you know one of the worst things Frazetta always did one of the one things he was criminal of constantly destroying his own art yeah yeah like if I he heard didn't that, like yeah. it he'd just fucking bin it he'd just scratch it up yeah. he would fuck it up my phone, no I'd heard that about him alright that it, like he, he just and, and there are some artists out there that are like that if they they just don't want it to see the light of day or they destroy it. And I do know artists like that that yeah. I've worked with myself. Um, and it's funny with the Frazetta thing. And this is, I'm not trying to be you know self-plugging here when I say this, but there is a book that we have coming out on Road Comics later on this year called Eternal Worlds that's done by Oshin Roach, who is an Irish artist. Yeah. And you can see, and it's it's, it's Oshin's book. I've just, I've, I've lettered it. And Jill and Kev, Jill mostly edited the whole thing. Jill edited the whole thing and Kev was a consulting editor on and uh, Oshin is for me is probably one of the, he is the closest thing to an Irish version of Wrightson or Frazetta his work is unreal yeah and I can see the the influences there and Eternal Worlds has actually been done in a style like the old Eerie books nice that's how it's going to be released yeah the cover we've put the cover up online and it is it's 
I think that's when you showed me before, yeah, wasn't it? It's, yeah. You look at it and you go, yeah, well, there's rights on it for Zeta right there. Yeah. It's Ushin's work, but you Fred can definitely... Corbin def- as well, actually. Fred, yeah, and you can definitely see the influences there. Yeah. And it's all the way through the book as well. And you can't not say that Frazetta hasn't and is still impacting oh man, yeah. creators nowadays like he is the most iconic comic artist without being a comic artist yeah yeah, yeah like yeah. the stuff he has inspired yeah and the legacy he's crafted like wasn't there something recently that we saw online I think you got a Frazetta art book in a while ago a good while ago now it could be over a year ago I have several of them at home actually <laughs> but it was one that came in specifically and it had the you one with the two tigers Oh, the Huntress. At uh, the Huntress, and it was a pe- somebody aped it. Yeah, there was there was an artist. Um, I think she was um, a steampunk artist or something. Yeah. But she had basically now in Alfred in her defense, she said somebody else did the art for, her and she just liked it, so she put it as the cover of her album. Right. But she basically had taken the Huntress, and somebody had digitally removed Frazetta's signature. Jesus. Now that's the bit that annoyed me because yeah, the way you can see the the paws of the 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 tigers coming down, like his signature is kind of. In between that, so if they were just gonna cut it across the bottom, you're like, oh, we cropped it by accident, then we got rid of it. That's fine. But no, he digitally removed Frazetta's signature and superimposed your one's face on top of the Huntress's face. Now, as it was, it wasn't a bad like. But if she had done like a cosplay or something sure, like that, sure, 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 that's cool. Yeah, but she put that as the cover of her own album. There's several metal bands have done that in the past. Yeah. So it's not. It wouldn't be the first time. No. But they bought the rights to do that. Yeah. And they paid homage. To Frazetta for doing that, which a lot of his metal album, work. yeah, a lot of like a lot of metal album covers of that ilk yeah. would be a nod to Frazetta. In there was a way. one band in particular did, and I can't for the life of me think of them now. But they had like four or five yeah. albums that were all Frazetta covers. It was like just this is the most metal shit ever, um, like the the Ice Vikings and shit like that. Yeah. But um, the yeah, your woman did that, and um, I as a I, I don't generally like doing that, but I did call her out for it, and apparently she got into a little bit of trouble over. <laughs> <laughs> but like that, I, man, I couldn't at that stand. Just, no, and I, I'd be the and like, same, I did I mean, say like, it to her. Pay homage. I, I said it to her first. It was like, look, you do realize that's his work, and she goes, "Oh, somebody else did it, so it's fine. I don't have to worry about it." It's like, no, 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 no. You you're representing. You represent. You need to give credit where it's due. And she was like, "Just fuck off." And I was like, "Me? Oh, well, fuck me. Fuck you." <laughs> um, but yeah, but uh, yeah, no. The the other thing that the, there's a lot of myths about Frazetta as well. Like the, there's the whole thing that like you know apparently he taught himself to draw overnight with his left hand. That's true. He actually did. He had a stroke and he couldn't use his right hand anymore to draw. So he was fucking distraught, right? In an absolute rut. And uh, one of his best mates was um, Ralph Bakshi. Another they, fucking they, iconic. Because they did work on Fire Nice together. Yeah, they did. They worked a few times, actually. They um, But the the whole thing with um, with Rosetta doing that, like he he was basically annoyed and like Bakshi was slagging him and all that guy. He can't draw and he goes, look, I just, fuck it. I'll just teach myself how to do it. Like, because his wife had a picture of this um, Maasai warrior in the house and she loved it. It was brilliant, but he never liked the face. So one night when she went to bed, he scratched the fucking face off of it. Yep, just scratched it right the fuck off and he drew it with his left hand. So he technically drew something with his left hand overnight, but it was only a face. Yeah. So it was like, oh my God, he can draw with his left hand overnight. He drew a fucking postage stamp size thing with his left hand, right? So he did do a little bit, but that probably in itself was the starting point of him and then from that point on, he started churning out more and more. So he did actually learn to draw. Yeah. At, like a, a ripe old age as well. It wasn't like he was in his fucking 30s or something. Yeah. Like his 50s or 60s after, I think it was his second stroke. Jesus. He was like, fuck it. I learned to draw with my left hand. Yeah. Like, fucking nobody else can do that one. Like, the guy is a fucking legend. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I digress. I'm a little bit of Frazetta rant there. No, there's no <laughs> I think there's nothing wrong with a Frazetta rant. I mean, if you look at this Red Sonja cover, right? That style of cover, like this kind of like hyper 
Do you know, he actually, apparently he came up with the whole fucking triangle thing. Did he? Yeah, there's this whole fucking thing. Like, if you look at all of Rosetta's works, I think they call it the golden triangle, the power triangle. Basically, the way his works are um, captured, it's all in like that, that, like a triangle frame. Sure. So there's like a base, which is usually like a mound of bodies or a mountain yeah. or tigers, whatever like that is. And then it comes up to the main character being the focal point, coming up to a point of like either a sword or their arm or somebody being fucking choked or something like that. Like, But it's always that It's a very triangle. typical high fantasy yeah. scene. But once you see that, and you, you literally can see it through all of his fucking work. Yeah. But that, that's how he was so fucking good at capturing right where you should be looking at. So you need to be looking at the fucking... You look straight away you lead me at the right centerpiece. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Every goddamn time. But then you have the lush backgrounds and the, the matte paintings to kind of flesh it out. So you're drawn in, but then there's so much to explore after it. Like, yeah. it's fucking amazing. Well, he was. He was a genius. Yeah. Very much so. Um, Sorry. <laughs> um, I have there's only actually for this week for me in my um, in my stash there's only one book this week actually uh, but what it is it's uh, Fair Lady which is it's issue 2 of Fair Lady it's an ongoing series uh, I think it's ongoing anyway um, uh, until it stops until it stops <laughs> uh, uh, of a self-contained story but set in the same universe so there's this city or area um, in a fantasy realm and each issue is a story about a character in that realm, but they're all oh, interlinked. They're all, yeah. they're all the, there's the crossovers. There's characters from other issues come into it, but so it's like a hundred bullets thing. There's going to be a background narrative in the pretty end. Pretty much, going to pretty, pretty much, and they're all contained. It's a nice chunky. It's a big old book. Yeah. It's a chunky little book. Um, so much ads in that book, man, is there? There actually are none. Oh my god! So you have you trace none in there either. No, there's nothing. So happy with no, the art in this one. Totally happy with the art in this one because you know why? It's a <laughs> fucking image book, and they do it right. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, there are no ads in this book. Yep. And oh, you, shit. Add, is that add, a dude? What? Yeah. Dude? So this is the this is the feld, which is the pop the area that it's in. So it's like it's inside the body of a giant. All oh, right. And um, it's the, this kind of the, the skeletal remains, and it shows you the different sections of of the city. Huh. Um. But yeah, there are no there are no ads in this book. This is an image book. Um. So the creators in this are Shermer, uh, Balboni, and Louise. And it is, yeah, it's it's pure sword and sorcery. Not, yeah, full on sword and sorcery stuff. Um, what kind of like mysteries and who donuts and stuff like that in those realms? Very character driven, very well put together. A beautiful book. Highly recommend checking it out. Got mine for D and D campaigns. Very much so. <laughs> very much so. Um, so highly recommend checking out Fair Lady from Image Comics. And then we have uh, Rick and Morty presents Mister Meeseeks. Oh my god, <laughs> it's good times. <laughs> It says so in the mid- in the middle. Uh, yep. So what is it? Mr. Meeseeks gets his own book? Yep. That can't end well. So it's it's him making a... Oh, Mr. Meeseeks just leaves and goes off to live his own life. I thought he was dead. No, well, he can make more of them, can't he? he can, well, the box can. Yeah. Well, it looks like he makes them and then something goes wrong. Surprise, surprise. Oh, yeah. shock and horror. It's Rick and Morty. What could possibly yeah. go wrong? Then we have Sonata. I'd heard about this, actually. Um... Looks like a kind of a fantasy kind of book, but in fact, it's actually science fiction. Space. Yeah, the people but get dropped in by a like a like I think they're colonists. An orbiter. But they end up stuck on this planet, and it looks like they've got kind of like kind of almost like a steampunky type existence. It's like that. Um, well, not not that it's like that. It isn't. But it just even from the opening couple of pages, it looks like a, a version <coughs> of um. What was that one with the um? They're all pilots. And there was um, the guy with a jetpack. You're thinking Wobbly Yonder, aren't you? What? Wobbly Yonder? Wobbly yeah, that's something yeah. enough. <clears throat> it's a good fucking book. Great fucking book. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 
but like you get a couple of pages into this and it's it's a mixture it looks like it actually looks like it has nods to a bit of mobius yeah the big old bird um that's a big old bird but there's also big, big giant old. creatures as well so it's kind of a mix it's a mixed bag all your see it's, your, it's kind of a bit high fantasy as well like so it's got high fantasy it's got steampunk it's got giant fucking birds it's got goblins 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 yeah no it's uh, an interesting looking it's a nice book. segue as well to the next one which is not actually not really goblins in this one it's got Skeksis though and Gelflings. The novelization of Dark Crystal. Yeah. This is a reprint, isn't it? It is. This is a paperback reprint because it was out in hardback before. I got the hardback for Irene for Christmas yeah, one nice year. Little, nice little soft paperback. Yeah. It's a great book. It's a good it, soft book yeah. as well. This is the, this is probably ahead of the Netflix series that's been released that is a sequel to the movie. Yeah. Um. But I highly, highly recommend checking out the Dark Crystal novelization because um, it's a beautiful little tome and I picked it up for, like I said, for Irene for Christmas a couple of years back. Uh, as a hardback and it's really really nice well there's a nice little bit at the back as well yeah it's it's a really well put together behind the scenes Piece. of the novelization um, I don't get that very often no um, but the, I have to say the Jim Henson stuff be it the comic books because you're reading the storyteller stuff yep comic books the novel every time the storyteller man I just think it's Ian Hurt wasn't it John Hurt John Hurt god damn it um, it's always him and the little dog you see in the beginning it's yeah great. sitting in front of the fireplace is yep. the storyteller yeah um, but all the Jim Henson adaptations like and all the continuations like Cy Spurrier did the Labyrinth books um, I think and he think he did the Dark Crystal books as well or he could have done one or the other I couldn't get them mixed up there's a few Dark Crystal books at this stage yeah, but um, highly recommend checking any of them out because they're all very well put together there's a lot of love involved speaking of love The Boys I'm in the bus number two yeah if you haven't read The Boys yet get on it get on it because the series is starting at the end of the month because remember Amazon Prime this is going to hurt yeah <laughs> <laughs> Good picture of Huey on the front oh. there. Oh. Comic book doppelganger. Yeah. Yeah, you and you and Simon Pegg's. Yeah. Dear gods. <laughs> Simon Pegg is actually playing his dad in, in the TV series. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Because, uh-huh. uh, I mean, I think initially when it, they tried to make this into a show, it was back in the early 2000s, and Simon Pegg was, like, the favourite to play him, but he's too old now. Hmm. But it's good is that a reprint of just the first? Oh, it's volume two. No, that's volume three, which is essentially volumes four, five, and six of The Boys, I believe. Omnibus of Omnibus two. two. Omnibus two is a collection of trades. I mean, so I know that. A book. If you look in the back of it, probably would tell you down the bottom. Is it? Collects the boys fifteen to thirty and includes Aha. the stories. Good for the soul. I tell you no lie, GI. We gotta go now. And then loaded with bonus materials. Introduction by Brian K. Vaughan. Garrett then a script to the boy seventeen. Sketches by Derek Robertson and John Higgins. Sketches, nice. Uh, all of the series covers by Derek uh, Derek Robertson and alternate covers by John Cassidy, Jim Lee, and more. Ooh. And then you have sketches. the... Uh, I like script, sketches and breakdowns. Yeah, all this stuff is cool. Uh, some nice mm-hmm. breakdowns in the back there as well. Yeah. pretty sweet. There's all the alternate covers. And <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> Remember what happens in that book? And then we have, for once, I thought I'd put in something like a kiddie book. That was really nice. Interesting. Um, Elsie Gravel's The Worst Book Ever. Do not buy this book, I repeat. Do not buy this book. That's the nice journal that is not nice. I can't believe I wasted my time reading this from the weekly windbag. Now I have to go wash my eyes with soap, the Independent Telegram, Tribune, Gazette, Bullock Post. And if I had to choose between reading this again or having all my teeth knocked out with a jackhammer, I would choose the second option from the horse's mouth. Nice. Basically, it's a really, really, really terrible book. But on the other side, like on the left page, but on the right page, are these two little characters which look like a piece of lint, a piece of dirt and a spider who are basically talking about the story. And they're like, once upon a time, Freyta. Oh, Freyta, I like those. And then they start to pretty much start slagging the book. <laughs> the whole way through it yeah <laughs> so they all start nice. they start giving out about the typos in the book 
You start giving out about the fact that you can't, uh, like you can't spell, the fact that all the characters are badly drawn. Look at that, he's so ugly. <laughs> to be fair, horses are fairly hard to draw. So basically, it's like a, it's like an audio commentary, but in book form. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. But it's it's a nice kind of all ages book as well, and it's a juvenile fiction apparently. Juvenile fiction. We Which all is like right up my alley. We all like a bit of that. Yeah, because I am a juvenile and I like fiction. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's it. And there's also, we have the art book um, oh, from Christ. Stanley Artrim Lau. Which is a DC portfolio book. Which this is, is the start of these now. DC is going to be knocking out a bunch uh, of these. It, this one is the boobs edition. Because it's, it's just all of Artrim's girls. No man, Artrim stuff is fucking funny. Look at that, Catwoman. I know that's gorgeous. That I'm not knocking fantastic. it, but, but you cannot say that that's not. The no, it's not all, no, it's not all about the boobs. But right, some of the other stuff is still really fucking good. Like that Batman and Wonder Woman's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's nice. That is a fucking no, amazing. No, they're, they're, it's. I'm not knocking the art, man. Yeah. It's gorgeous. You're not knocking the knockers. <laughs> it's but it's gorgeous. not all about the boobs. Now, one thing I will say about Archer, the best thing that he has done, that very very few people can do, is capture facial likenesses. Sure. Every one of those faces, like look at that fucking Supergirl there, man. Yeah, yeah, no, it's they are fucking fantastic, and that Catwoman. That looks like it's yeah a cover of an album or it's a fucking perfume. No, no, fucking it is really, really nice. I do. Yeah, I like that Wonder Woman phenomenal. there. That Wonder Woman there is nice. The color is gorgeous. That's Selena Kyle. It's again, it's Catwoman with Selena Kyle. It's in full on Selena role. Yeah. And the mirror, even that mirror piece. Yeah. It's like fantastic. you know, the art is gorgeous. Poison Ivy. The Ivy one is, but it's typical what? Ivy. The but the colors on that, the color tones are yeah. fucking mopper. Really the nice. other cool thing we noticed because we opened the bandos to have a quick look at some of them and like each one of them is fucking breathtaking, but it's actually. Um, it's printed all the way through the paper, so it's almost like you could mount that on a white light box and it would come straight through it. Oh, nice. It's got that kind of, you know where you get like movie poster quality the way it's it's through the page. It's not just printed on the front. This is 25 blips for 20 uh, of his most stunning pieces and it's from the sounds of it, the art print is quite high quality. It is very, very high quality. And is the book itself, because this one's sealed in cellophane. Give me a sec. I've got one open upstairs. Just wondering if the, if the pages are, um, like they're, they come out and you can mount them. Because it's a nice size. Say you're looking at looking at maybe a tree size um for this particular piece um and there are 20 pieces in total so really really nice so we can hear you running up and down the stairs from the right. shop so this one's open Woo! this is way oh, this is a adult look at that oh that's gorgeous oh yeah it comes right through i see so we're looking at the back of the supergirl one and it's like it's it's printed on the back of it almost that's really nice man it's really high quality yeah really yeah they're not quality. perforated but as you can see the binding is only literally the binding, on the yeah edge. you can literally just peel them out yep and you can frame them that one the wrong one was really nice ready that's whopper isn't it yeah that's really nice you see the the, the, the images on the back of the book don't do this oh that mirror one's gorgeous the images on the back <laughs> of this book do not do with service at all whatsoever um you kind of need to see this open and out I think Andrew's where we're gonna do a few of them out in frames as well. Yeah, no, definitely. There is one particular one I'm trying to find now because that one blew me away. The Catwoman. Do 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 do. Catwoman and bats. No, no, no. Oh, the Catwoman. The yeah, Algana. Yeah, no, that's gorgeous. That's not even just a fucking. Once again, I'm getting back to the the fine art. That is a fantastic piece of art. Let alone yeah, yeah. comic book. It's very nice. Very very nice. Whopper. Yeah. So there's gonna be a few. I think Jim Lee's the next one. Ah, uh, well, that'll sell like hotcakes. Yeah. Yeah, Oracle. Very, very nice. That's brilliant. We just, yeah, super super girl in the background. No, it's I highly recommend checking that one out for sure. That back girl one is lovely. And of course, Power Girl. Power. Very the good. Smirk on that face is fucking amazing. Yeah. It's really, really good. Hey, man. Just, I know you guys can't even fucking see this. You can only hear me flicking pages. <laughs> but it's amazing. Come into the <laughs> shop and have a look. That's yeah. what you need to do. Come into, you know, go and check them out. Um, but like I said, the, you have to see these up close and personal because the, there's, there's pictures on the back 
they don't do the interiors any justice because no. the pictures are like posted stamps. They're po- posted stamps on the back, but inside they're like A3 prints. So, yeah. yeah. You can't get any better now. Like that's that's gonna be real good. I meant to ask you this. Ah, I knew I meant to say it to you. fucking pointing at me. Because I was thinking you're threatening me. You're waving a fist. Was it yesterday? Was it yesterday morning? No. What day is it today? Today is Tuesday. Today is Tuesday. On Sunday, it was announced by um, 2K and Gearbox that for new DLC for Borderlands 2 for free. Did you Ooh. get it? I didn't even hear about that. There you go. So what it is, is it's they're adding on to Borderlands 2. You just download it and it's free. Yeah. If you own Borderlands 2, be it the standalone edition or the handsome collection, you now can go and download this DLC, which is basically a little it's like a mini game it's a game yeah it's got chapters it's, it's actually quite large there's okay. loads of new missions in it mm-hmm. and what it does is it bridges the gap between 2 and 3 oh sweet um, it takes off after the end of 2 with mm. the deaths that happen at the end of 2 right and takes on from there and you now have to help the Crimson Raiders hold on to Sanctuary and it introduces characters that are brings characters in Tales from the Borderlands oh well um, shows I, was, you, I was looking at getting Tales of the Borderlands it's quite expensive it, is it? Yeah. I have a... F- I got it. F- no, because no, I was looking to get it and it was working at like 30 quid. I couldn't really find it anywhere cheap. But, Where were you looking? Uh, I was looking at GOG. I was looking on... Uh, is it on Humble Steam? Bundle. I was looking on Steam. Everywhere. It's not actually on Steam. I think maybe it was, it was taken off the it. Market, yeah. um, now, I did notice that the um, Handsome what? Collection, which I haven't got for the PC, was going for like six quid. Yes, so Handsome Collection is going... Handsome Collection is actually on PS Plus this month yeah. for free. If you have oh, PS nice. Plus, it's... It's your it's your it's your download for PS Plus. Um I, I have Tales from Borderlands um yeah. on I don't get it at some stage. I have it on Android, I have it yeah. on iPhone, I have it on my iPad, I have I have Tales from Borderlands on every format that it's available. I love that game so right. much. Yeah. Because I, I there was a while back I'm always on a, a border I'm always on a borderline borderlands buzz. <laughs> yeah. Because I just love Borderlands too. Yeah, I like Borderlands one, but I love Borderlands two. No, two definitely for um, yeah. I even got. The, I did get the game of the year edition of Borderlands One there. That you dropped there recently. Only digital edition in, in, in Europe. You can only buy it a physical copy of the game of the new version of it in yeah. the states in GameStop if you pre-ordered it. All right. But the I downloaded the new DLC for Borderlands Two, mm. and it's really good. Sweet. It brings in some of the like it bring it definitely brings in like at least one character so far. I'm only like three chapters into the story. Yeah. But like like I said, there are chapters and it's quite large. Mm. It gives you a whole new area of Pandora to explore. And I do need to wean myself off Warframe and uh, The Division for a bit. Well, no better yeah. game than Borderlands 2. Although myself and Anna finally got it down, got it down to a, a solid fucking two-man crew in The Division. You know, really? a couple of lads to flesh it out, but it's pretty solid. I'm, I'm playing through Borderlands, uh, sorry, Division 2 at the moment with a couple of lads. We need more bodies for our eight-man raid team because we only have six. So we're, t- oh, yeah, we're shit, two people so- down on the raid team. Yeah. And a couple of lads need to get themselves a tier five so we can actually go in and do the raid. Yeah. But three of us are tier ready. Um, we have our gear, but we are waiting for the other guys to catch the fuck up. Yeah. Um, but Borderlands Two. Power level the shit out of them little bastards. Yeah. Um, Borderlands Two, the new DLC. I highly recommend checking it out because it's fucking free. Yeah. Like this one thing I say about like there's been a lot of grief over Borderlands Three so far. Oh yeah. Because of a few decisions. Of, the epic of, fucking story shit as well. Yeah. Uh, but discount new release games before they're released. Well, yeah. Lads. Um. And but also some of the actors that they're bringing back and some of the actors they're not bringing back right. for some of the characters um, they're bringing back Chris Hardwick to voice Vaughn and Vaughn is a character from Tales to Borderlands okay. that you obviously wouldn't know about because yeah. you haven't played it but, but Chris Hardwick was a bit of a bollocks wasn't he Chris Hardwick is a cunt yeah. um, scumbag to his ex-missus and wasn't a very nice he's dude he's like that other fella that everyone's given it with at the moment yeah. what's uh, his name Vic Mont blah 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 Vic the creep is it yeah. the, the guy who voiced Broly in Dragon Ball yeah 
Um, he's at a convention we're going to be at the, in a couple of weeks' time. Yes, that's a, he is. Yeah, it's a fun one. Um, but honest, also, we, we don't really want to have to do that. But like, we we are. I'm the same. Road Comics have put their money down, and we've paid for our tables, and we've invested a lot of money in this show. Tables of that show aren't fucking cheap. No, um, we've we've there's, invested... no, there's zero refund policy. Like so exactly, I know some of the other artists have taken a stance and done that, but as a business, we unfortunately can't because we've already bought in. So same with ourselves. And it's really irritating. Um, but the thing about it is is that and funnily enough there are other actors going to be at that show that are in Tales from the Borderlands and they are not returning Troy Baker is the voice of Reese, who's a character in Tales from the Borderlands there's a good time they don't get him to do something man he does everything like in all fairness he needs to stop doing everything him and that other fucking Nolan, Nolan North bollocks well they I'm get not the, about yeah. them, but they have to let other people on a crack well here's the thing though it's not even that the Reese is the main character in Tales from the Borderlands are they just chasing down fucking um, what's his name Fucking Megatron's voice credits. What's his name? Can't think of his Frank name. Frank Welker. Yeah, they're just trying to beat Welker out for fucking credits in, in a game or a new medium. Probably. Because they're doing everything. <laughs> but they're, well, they're doing the new Avengers game. They probably have beaten him at this stage, actually. Yeah, they are doing the new Avengers game. Yeah. Along Which with... looks amazing. Does it? Yeah, really, man, yeah. <laughs> Does it? Yeah, genuinely. I, 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 mean... like, I like action games. Like, if that even plays even, like, say, a quarter of a Gears of War type game. Sure, no, I, I, well I think the gameplay looks well fine. In. I think the character models look a bit pants. I think the, they look a bit Japanese, but that's alright. No, but the design and the hair model on Thor and Tony, they just whatever way it is. Now that being said, right, yeah. if you go right now, the internet is kind of like <clears throat> with opinions about the Avengers trailer. Ah, that's the internet is dark and full of opinions. It right? is exactly, but uh, I have to say the voice cast on it are top notch. Yeah, like Troy Troy Baker is Bruce Banner. Hmm. Um, Nolan North is Iron Man. Is he? Nolan North is Iron Man. Of course he fucking is. Travis Willingham is Thor. Laura Bailey is Black Widow. The guy who's playing Captain America, um, I can't remember his name, but there's there's more. They're gonna bring as the game progresses. It's apparently it's an open world. It's like de- they're touting as being like Destiny, so it's an MMO. So you're going in there and it's like a, an open world, where you're part of the Avengers. Now I don't know whether you create your own superhero or you play one of the other Avengers. You know what I did like about that trailer? What my boy Tasky's in there. Is he? Oh yes, Taskmaster is oh, in there. Yeah. yeah, he's in there. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was a whopper redesign on him as well. Very modern Skeletor. I like the look. I like no, and I think th- there was a redesign of Taskmaster for the Spider-Man game as well, and that oh, was yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ta- Taskmaster it turns up in the Spidey game. Oh, yeah, he gives you tasks. Gives you tasks to do, <laughs> but you cha- you end up chasing him around and having scraps with him, and it's good fun, and he does look cool as well in that. Um, I'm sure Tas, you probably like, in the Otley series, Taskmaster was in that as well. Yeah, man, like that. He needs to be in more stuff. Yeah, he's a great character. He's a fucking fan, and that mini series Taskmaster, which if you haven't read it, you should always check it out it's, it's phenomenal mm. where they just explain his backstory <clears throat> and he goes from being just a I suppose a D-list villain to being a really fucking fleshed out character like they have do, you read that? no I haven't but do, I, do you know his backstory? I don't he's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent I, no, I, knew, I knew that he was a former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent he basically was going into taking out a Hydra facility and there was this um, basically liquid um, brain that they were developing and he went in to take it out the whole place got blown up the liquid got in him and now he can literally record anything but the problem is, it's used up all of his own memory. So it's filling up his own brain with this stuff. So as he learns a new move... He's Johnny Mnemonic. Pretty much, yes. He learns a new move, he forgets his phone number. Learn another new move, he forgets he likes toast. Like, he, <laughs> he cannot remember anything of his own life anymore because he's learned so much and he's absorbed so much information. So the whole book starts with him sitting in a diner because this is the only memory he has left of sitting in this diner at this time with this song on the radio while eating this particular pie. So he's trying to capture... Like and hope that can jumpstart the rest of his brains. When he's just sitting there as a normal guy having this pie, and he's like, "Okay, the song's playing." Da da da. And this um, Hydra guy walks in, 
And he just goes up, <clears throat> Sir, I'm, I'm very sorry to interrupt. Taskmaster looks so he's like, Can I help you? And he goes, Yeah, um, just to let you know, there's a contract going live on you in about 20 minutes. Myself and the boys are all ready to come in and, you know, try and kill you. Aim's out there as well. Everybody's surrounded the entire building. You're pretty much fucked, but we thought we'd do you a disservice if we if you weren't wearing your uniform, sir, so we, we brought you your uniform. Because <laughs> all of these guys hold him in such high regard because he trained everybody. Jesus. Like, every single mook, every grunt, every fucking guy that's, that's, that's a background soldier in every organisation has some level of Taskmaster's training because he's trained everybody. Because the fact that he can copy everybody's moves, yeah. if anybody... Need, oh, shit, we need, oh, we need to fight the Avenger. Get Taskmaster in here and train these guys what it's like to fight Hawkeye, Captain America, blah, 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 blah. So he's the go-to guy for training everybody. <laughs> so they are, and it's him trying to piece together his memories while all of these guys are trying to take him out with the contract. And you find out, like I said, that he was a former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. He was actually one of the good guys. But now he can't get his way back. It's a fucking phenomenal book. They, when, whenever the, a series gets invested like that in a character, who, like you said, is a D-list character. But that's what I always maintain about comics, right? I, I'm really, really, I suppose, I'm not, I mean, this is going to come across a bit cunty, right? I'm really against um, forced gender swapping characters or forced story changing ethnicities of characters to change them and make them suit the modern times that Marvel have been doing recently, right? There's a lot of kind of tension about that, like, you know, those, those other dickheads, um, what you call them? The comic gators. Yeah, yeah, all those dickheads, right? No, but like, there's, there's an awful lot of characters and story stuff that's already there that Marvel have in the history, they could just bring that stuff up rather than having to go, okay, shit, we want to make this a bit more diverse. Right, let's just make this character a woman now, make that story fit. Why not take a character that's existing in the world and elevate them up to the level of sure. these characters? So that's one I like when they get characters like Taskmaster or somebody who's a nobody, an absolute fucking nobody, and bring them up and make them something fucking amazing because they have the huge history. They have all these mad rosters of characters. Like, Somebody from Cottonmouth, for example, yeah. from um, um, Luke Cage. Yeah. Absolute D-lister, right? Great character in fucking Luke Cage in the movie or the TV series. Sure. Stuff like that. Take bit part crappy characters, make them fucking awesome. Do you think it's more tokenism that they're doing this yeah, type of thing? It is now. Like, like I said, I'm not going to get into this whole he, who's fucking right or wrong. Sure. Time. Just personally, I, I think it's... They're doing the world a disservice by making a certain character become something else to fit the modern times rather than making a new character and bringing them up. Like, I suppose there are elements, arguments either side for it. Like, the likes of Robbie Reyes as a Ghost Rider. Yeah. One of the best fucking Marvel characters they've added in the last 10 years, I think, personally. Fucking love that character. Fantastic in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. Yeah. But they did that by, I suppose, getting a whole new team in and doing the rest of it like that. But when you get the likes of... Um, I'm going on a bit of a tangent here again. When you, like, I didn't really care for what they did with Thor. When they took Jane Thor, Foster. they made Jane Foster Thor. Like, she should have been Valkyrie. Well, she is now. But that's it. They should have just gone straight to Valkyrie. But they were afraid people weren't going to jump on that. So they had to give her the name of Thor. They had to change the mantle and then slowly work to where they were. Yeah, yeah. They should just elevate the characters up and not be afraid to kind of bring them up. Not to, not to actually stick another character's name on them and then make the story work and then bring them back. Like, like with the whole thing they did with um, Falcon becoming Captain America. Yeah. Like, that didn't really work at the time in the story either. Falcon as a cap character they should have just left him as Falcon him just taking over being well, Falcon well it's funny enough you say that because in the obviously in Endgame he ends up with the shield at the end but the yeah. TV series is just called Falcon and Bucky yeah or Falcon, Falcon and Winter Soldier he doesn't need to be Captain America we already have those characters they proved in the MCU Iron Man was an okay character he was, he was a decent enough member of the Avengers 
but they made him the star. Yeah, they, above I, Wolverine, above Spider-Man, above the rest of them, by elevating them up. So do that with other characters. Make them more fucking rich. So I want to see. I'd love to see more characters like Taskmaster, more bit part guys, like just guys, girls, whoever in between. All those characters who are just down the bottom and bring them up. Like one of the other characters, like the whole thing with them, um, Iceman recently when they you know like how he came out as gay. Bobby, yeah. There was that whole. And thing. the way they handled that was terrible. Exactly. What happened to fucking Richter? Yeah. One of the first openly gay characters like that. Why didn't they bring Richter back? Yeah. An X Factor. Those stories were fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. And bring them up to the forefront. Yeah. But the problem is, so, is that see, I think part of it is it's it's recognition. Yeah, yeah. So it's character it's recognition. recognition yeah. yeah. So Bobby as Iceman would be like, even <laughs> though he's not the most prominent X-Man mm. he's somebody they can say well we're taking a safe bet here he's prominent enough that people know who Iceman is yeah we're gonna but the way they Book handled that would know who Richter is as well though. but I think the way they handled outing Bobby in X-Men was absolutely atrocious yeah, yeah. with Jean Grey just saying well you're gay I read your mind <laughs> it's like what the fuck I remember, like, I remember there was the big thing about the fact that they're gonna bring Bobby out yeah I was like okay fair enough whatever and then when reading and how they did it I was like who the fuck thought that was a good idea yeah. It's so like it was so ham fisted. It's so handled like really badly, mm-hmm. and it was like Jesus Christ. And I, I don't think there was that much of an outcry about that particular handling of it. No, I think everyone's just sort of like, Ugh. yeah. There's more more a lot of kind of color going, kind of stretching people. Yeah, looking the other way and hoping it blows the fuck over. Oh, but it, like, yeah, there 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 obviously yes, there is levels of tokenism in in, in every aspect of yeah. storytelling when it comes to modern day stuff when they're trying to shoehorn into shoehorn diversity in. Yeah. Um. Like I know, I'm all for diversity. I love hundred percent characters like that that have a rich kind of, I suppose, background and yeah. story. Representation just, matters. Just, just stop trying to make the big names fit the agenda. Just give the agenda its own voice. Give yeah. it its own name, its own recognition. Sure. No, I agree with that. Uh, I mean, I have no problem with like I think it the went, agenda. But when they do, <laughs> but it's 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 a it's not so much. It's the big companies like Marvel and DC yeah. that feel they need to. Kind of that's actually what I was going to brings it right around to another thing I was going to talk about sorry you go on there. but it's it's Marvel and DC like 100% I agree with you representation has to be there mm-hmm. uh, you know you have to have diversity across the board it's like you said it's how they do it and how they you try to shoot it should just be there it should just be there yeah. but like I'm saying that's what I'm saying it, it's yeah. like it, it should be there across the board it should it should be just an everyday thing that it, yeah. there's representation there for everyone and uh, anyone and everyone of any walk of life absolutely it's how they decide or like now, like I think when the new Fifty Two happened, they made Alan Scott gay. Right. And I remember reading the time. Okay, fair enough. They've hit the reset button, so yeah, that's just a thing now. And there was no because he Alan Scott would be the nowadays would be the lesser of all of the Green Lanterns because he's not a core Green Lantern. He's the magic Green Lantern. Right. So they just one day he was he was there and he was with his and he was with his husband in one of the comics and it was like oh, okay there you go, but I think because that character is very much like. Not a mainstream character, yeah. Unless you're a massive JSA fan, that didn't come out, and people didn't go, "Oh, that's disgraceful." He's a main character. Blah, blah, blah. You're ruining comics, all that bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Which comic gators need to get the oh, fuck out? Oh no, my comics suddenly got gay. Mm, fuck off. <laughs> but it was the same thing. Not even talking about uh, LGBT plus representation. When Cap 
Wasn't that a whole hell hydra thing oh. happened? <laughs> when Cap went, and it was, and I, I remember reading that issue. He can't be a Nazi. Well, he's a fictional character. Shut the fuck up. But I remember reading that issue, and in the story, if you actually read the comic, oh, the, your woman in the red, yeah. But it was like when they did the flashbacks, it was like this is all memory implantation. Yeah, you, look at the big red fucking yeah, shit. Here. It's like big red shit there. It's like foreshadowing people. <laughs> read between the fucking panels, please. Yeah. Like it was issue one of a comic of a long run of books that was meant to happen, and you're kind of going. It's literally this is a point here where it's telling you it's memory and it's memory implantation. This is a point here where it's telling you this is fake and this is like an fake altered news. reality. And it's like all the way through, going, I can pick this panel, this panel. This is actually telling you that what's going to happen at the end of this book is pure bullshit. Yeah. And you're kind of if you read and, the book. And then in the Avengers, he went and did the old. Uh, oh, I thought that was so good when they did that in Endgame and they just, I was like, yeah, yeah it's just a big fuck. I, you I was, I was hoping for the, I was like, I, I think I was sitting there beside, I don't know, it was Jay Rantha or somebody was like, oh my god. We're getting Lift 2.0. This is going to be amazing. And then he just went, Hail Hydra. I was like, I feel cheated, but that was well worth it. That was amazing. That was Still amazing. pretty fucking good. Yeah. But anyway, like I said, all of this kind of shit brings us around to, um, you know, about uh, people. Where the fuck is this going to bring us? No, about the, the higher ups, I suppose, trying to force recognition and force modern values into comics rather than them just being there and accepting them from what they are having to make but it. But I think uh, it's funny because comics has always had some level of representation. They always have, but that's the point though. It was never noticed. It's now the fact that it has to be. It's it's like people giving out at the moment about some companies using the um, the rainbow flag, you know, just to boost sales. Whereas some other companies are genuinely in support and donating the profits towards LGBT sure. plus uh, LGBT plus um, causes. Yeah. There are some companies that are literally just sticking a fucking rainbow flag. Yeah, we, we support them. Why our shit? Yeah. We love the gays. Yeah. yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. But that's like. There's been a lot of that kind of shit on back and forth. And in DC, I'm not, this is kind of a bit of a segue slightly. DC have been constantly trying to tap the market. And there's been a load of fucking mad sweeping changes over there at the moment where people are getting fired left, right, and center. They're doing mad shakedowns and changing the way the business is operating. And it, it's just, it's a corporate strategy. So getting getting away from the, the equality, it's all coming down to corporate strategy. And they're now trying to. Well, not now, but they have been more obviously trying to force corporate strategies into comic styles. Like the likes of Marvel producing more number ones. Marvel doing the whole, like I've, I've given out about it multiple times, the, the forced uh, criteria for comic issue variants. Yeah. Um, then there was the whole push from our supplier, Diamond Comics, trying to get us to put spinner racks in shopping centers and manage them for other businesses Ugh. to get more comics out to people to sell more trades in places that would drive customers away from our shops but the point is there's all this corporate strategy happening and in DC now it's been happening a lot like they got rid of the guy who was taking care of the covers because they didn't like what he said once and then this whole thing recently where Rob Liefeld suddenly fucking called him oh, out oh Jesus yeah because he's he's seen the writing on the wall for all this shit right now say what you will about Rob right <laughs> <laughs> we've said a lot yeah he's not exactly wrong about this because companies are now managing comics like a business like don't get me wrong it is a business right there is a model there for selling variants there's a model there for selling comics number one sell all that etc what keeps people coming back to comics is the content yeah and what produces good content is good writers good artists good creative teams being left to their own fucking devices to make good fucking shit that's why comics like image or comic companies like image and the rest of them are doing really well because they're taking and giving people an opportunity sure or they're they're giving a platform. They're taking a platform and kind of putting it out for people. Going, you want to do your book? Cool. Here's what you do. This is the sales we want to get out of you. Off you go. Knock yourself out. We'll publish your book and do all this shit for you. Yeah. 
But Marvel <clears throat> and DC are fucking constantly trying to drive sales, trying to manufacture trends. And that's going to blow up in the end. It has to. It's not sustainable. Well, it's not the first time this has happened. No. This is, like, it's not as if Rob is pulling this out of his arse. No, but he's left Twitter <laughs> yesterday because he went and said this. He goes, look like DC's driving off a cliff. I'm going to get my popcorn. And everybody went straight from Rather than All the fanboys up, burp, 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 burp. Yeah, man. <laughs> Fucking Jesus Christ. I didn't I saw... I, saw I was supposed to do research thing. for this podcast today. Yeah. And I went down a rabbit hole looking at all these people arguing with Rob Liefeld. And I'm like, you know what? For once, Rob, I'm with you, buddy. <laughs> these people are all fucking assholes. He was just making a statement yeah. that companies are going down a fucking dangerous path. And they're fucking themselves up. They're going to end up alienating their fan base. They fucking... Now, admittedly, all right, the Swamp Thing thing, that happened because there was a clerical error. Oh, man. <laughs> Did you hear about that? That clerical pissed error? me off because Did you know you what happened? I heard about it because you know when, when I heard about it, I sat there and I was, I was watching the first episode of Swamp Thing. <laughs> and I was like... At episode's end, their Swamp Thing just re-emerged from the swamp, and I'm like, that's fucking deadly. I wonder what's happening on Facebook. Swamp Thing has been cancelled. <laughs> what the fuck? I was like, what did I do? Yeah. And I was like, I only watched one episode. <laughs> it's like, yeah, a clerical error. Somebody forgot to carry the one or something. You know, carry the zero. <laughs> carry the zero. Yeah, the budget. Oh, no, sorry. I think, you yeah, know, it was actually they a miscommunication. They misplaced the decimal point or no, something. They heard that the budget was 40 million, but it was actually 14 million. So they had spent. <laughs> they spent their entire budget. spending forty million when they had fourteen. So they went three times over budget, and the studio went, "Lads, fuck off!" But that's the reason why it looks so good. It does. And why it's amazing. Yeah. Because they spent all the fucking money on it. They so, put the money on the screen. Yeah. So like even in that first episode. Support the absolute shit out of that show, please. God, support the shit out of that show. And if it gets released well, in the box set, by the box. Here's the thing, right? Just get them here's some the money back so they Pe- can do it I again. don't know if people over this side of the pond can technically, Fucking legally support it because it's only on the DC network, yeah. which we don't have over here. Yeah. The only way of people to because get those shows... we don't matter, you see, because we're, we're, we're outside of that big, stupid, cunty country over there. Like. Yeah. So, like, I'll be honest. The only way I could watch episode one was like, I'm going to torrent this. I'm going to watch yeah. it. Download and watch it. I had to. It's the only way I could. Yeah. And I thought, fuck... I- did I did I use up all my bandwidth? Is that why I got cancelled? Like, what's the story with that? Yeah, but, I, I had to wait for Teen Titans to come out. But the problem with that is because yeah, because Teen shows, Titans is on Netflix. We yeah, got that on Netflix. But it took an age to get there. It did, yeah. And the problem is because those shows are taking so long to get out there. By the time it gets out to the other mediums, the execs and the money makers have already gone. No, it's not making the money. Fucking it's shit. You didn't get it out where it was yeah. supposed to be seen. Like, look, look how shows and or look how movies do domestic and international yeah. you've got to be looking at the international the only way for it to work is to release it fucking simultaneously it's the reason why we have so many shitty Transformers films because of China yeah like no they, because Michael Bay is a bollocks but China yeah. like those made movies made fucking gazillions in China like they why, are, that's why China's in the last two we well, see they're great they're great blockbusters but you know you could have put just a little bit more effort in they it. aren't great blockbusters though. no I mean like blockbusters in there's explosions there's shit it's a summer movie there's a chase scene there's a dude and a chick there's a big fuck off explosion there's a guy explaining why he's writing it, an underage girl because it's a statutory law no listen right, you leave the Romeo and Juliet law out of this 
Oh my god! Oh, oh, it's crazy. ironic because you know, you know that that was the most intense bit of dialogue in the whole movie. Yeah, and they're explaining. And that Irish okay. actor's career went in the toilet because of it. Yeah, because he had to explain why he was shagging the seventeen-year-old. Yeah, do you know? Do you know the, the gif of Mark Wahlberg at the end of that M, M, M Night Shyamalan movie where he's like looking really confused and he's just figured out? Oh, he's figured out grass is killing the, the, the trees are killing everyone. Spoiler alert! If you haven't watched it, that's you pretty yourself. much my face watching those films, and Mark Wahlberg is in them. Yeah, no, I, I have a vein that pops out the side of my head. I, when I, I stopped movies. after the one with um, what was the one where the tentacles were in the city? I had to watch them all. I have, no. Why did you have to watch them all? Because I don't like giving out on some. I don't like having an unbiased opinion. Oh no! I I, I, don't, I, I don't like having a <laughs> I don't like having a biased opinion. I much prefer having an unbiased or a, a, a balanced opinion. Well, so if I'm giving out about something, <coughs> if I haven't experienced it, I can't. I can't no, I hear personally you give out about it. Like, sure. Like I can't give out about Justin Bieber's music, right? As much as I don't like him as a person, I've never listened to any of his songs. No, so I've, I've never complained about his music. I, I, could, never, I could never slag his music. I could never do it because I've never listened to it. Yeah. So, but him as a human being, he's a stupid piece of shit. Yeah. He challenged... Tom Cruise from an octagon fight. Yeah. Tom Cruise is nothing to prove. He's he he like, oh, if he, doesn't, if he doesn't stand up, it means I've won and I'm better than him. No, you little shit. Tom Cruise would the floor off. with you. No, he wouldn't have them. And that's the, the point is, Tom Cruise probably saw them and went, ha I'm just gonna go well, lie. No, on it depends on his. It, it depends money. on whether the, the 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 heads of Scientology allowed him on Twitter that day. Good point, actually. Um, but do you see the new trend that is now prompted on Twitter? Oh. Is actors are calling out people that are thirty one years older than them. So you had. Oh shit! Is there you had them doing now. There's loads of fucking millennials. But, but as a joke, no, as a joke. Oh. So you had the Kurgan, Clancy Brown, calling out. Who the fuck did he call out? He actually went ahead and did this. Like but that. as a joke, it wasn't. It was a piss take. These are all piss takes. So it's. I was going to say Ernest Borgnine, but he's he's dead, isn't he? Ernest Borgnine, I think, is still alive. Okay, he's going to yeah. call it something like Ernest Borgnine. Ernest Borgnine, but no, he'll be thirty-one years a senior. He's calling him out. That's it. Like so, it's, <laughs> it's the whole point of it is, is that you're calling out people who are like thirty-one years your senior, senior. <laughs> so Clancy Brown, let me see now. I ha- I do follow him on Twitter. Uh, he tweeted that. Uh, but while you're while you're reading that, the other thing I was going to give out about was Bendis. As much as I'm a, I'm in favor of Event Leviathan, the next thing apparently he's doing is killing Superman. Yeah. No. They tease that apparently. No. Stop killing Superman. No. It's not good. It's not clever. And I'm only starting to like that book again, so don't be a bollocks. Yeah, no, fuck that shit. No, I just no. It's actually it's it's coming back around again. I didn't like it in the beginning because they got rid of um, John and um, Lois, but they're back. So everything's gravy. Uh, Clancy Brown called out. Oh yeah, that's what it was. Max von Snydow. <laughs> Ming, he got, I would watch that. Fight. He said, "Max von Snydow, Ming a ding a ling, let's dance, Viking Jesus." <laughs> so, awesome. uh, like, so because um, I'm hoping that starts a massive trend of people calling. But that's it. Like, there's um, there's. Uh, Do you know what needs to come back for this? What celebrity fucking death match? Yeah. Let's get it on. That's what we need for this. We need to get fucking. Get the claymation fucking puppets back out and start doing this I mean, shit. I mean, everything else is making a fucking return. Yeah, man. You know, people are bringing back sh- all sorts. Huh? Fucking, fucking Archer is amazing. The no- 1999 oh, Archer. Oh, it's so good, man. Yeah, I'll catch up eventually. It's so fucking good. I'll catch up eventually. Um, so what other show we needed to talk about? We Keanu Reeves in Cyberpunk. Oh, winning E3 completely. Winning E3. The, the best part of that. You're breathtaking. That was it. That was literally the bit where he goes... The, the, the scenes everything is breathtaking you're breathtaking no no you're breathtaking is the it? guy who called that out yeah um, CD Projekt Red have yeah. given that guy who called it you're breathtaking a collector's edition of Cyberpunk <laughs> nice. so uh, yeah because I, 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 it was it was one of those late night E3 things obviously because we didn't get it live but um, 
uh, I saw the the next day my I, I started to bing 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 turn my phone on off airplane yeah. mode because it's Keanu so anything Keanu related I tend to get messages about because I love Keanu um, I think the world loves him everyone, I, don't, I think anybody in the world doesn't like him I think, um, possibly, I think if you don't like Keanu there's something wrong with your soul I think he is probably the most loved man in the world yeah. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and just say that I don't think there's anybody in the world who has the appeal the uh, I suppose the acting range as well and just the general all round not cuntiness about him he's just chill he's lovely did you see the, he was on Colbert he's on Colbert and Colbert asked him um, very philosophical question he says what do you think happens when we die and he just was just like because he's lost a lot of people in his life oh yeah yeah like Jeez, really he's horribly a tragic life tragic tragic life and yeah. he's still so chill yeah. but he sat there and was like oh, the people that we love miss us that was his response and the whole audience was just like <laughs> there was girls like they had to peel them off their chairs with spatulas afterwards some dudes probably as well oh, big time, it was yeah. just from the love that oozed from them like, yeah. but he, the dude is just so chill I've, there's this gif that's going around Twitter that I retweeted earlier on uh, of him just like at the, at the after show conference for E3 talking about cyberpunk and he's like I love movies I love making movies and I love movies that's a terrible canon impression and it's terrible canon but yeah. Um, nobody's Keanu like Keanu but he just goes on he's just you can see the love there's a documentary that he presents and I think he's a producer on as well called Side by Side right and it's basically his his look at the world of film about how oh classic movie making style versus digital oh wow right that sounds really good actually so he interviews yeah. Martin Scorsese yeah Steven Spielberg I think he interviews George Lucas James Cameron yeah and goes through them all and he is the only person I've ever seen sit in front of James Cameron and question, like really question him on why he thinks 3D and digital filmmaking is better than classic filmmaking and why he thinks films like Avatar are actually good. Wow. And Keanu, you can see, like Keanu constantly gets shit about being like a one note type of a dude. Right? Really? He does. Who gives him shit? People. Like, critics. Assholes. Critics. Assholes that you don't listen to. Yeah. But... You and he's like apparently he has Asperger's. He suffers slightly from Asperger's, okay, right? I can see that. Yeah. And it's the whole sad Keanu thing. Yeah. Right. But if you've had his fucking life, your 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 love of your life, who was I think she was pregnant at the time or something, but died in a motorcycle accident while you were on the bike or something along those lines. Tragic shit. Mm. Like the dude had a bad life. As much as he's a fucking multi-millionaire actor, but he just gives away most of that as well. Though he gives it. Yeah, I think when he was on the Matrix, he bought everyone a new car or something yeah. or a new bike or whatever. But like, and I mean everyone, the whole crew. Um, but the the documentary side by side, highly recommend checking it out. It's Keanu. I have it on DVD. I'll give you a of it if you want. Yeah, actually, please. Um, do it. it sounds amazing. Keanu is the presenter, and he's the producer on it, and he travels around the world interviewing. Because I've seen, I've seen a lot of his back behind the scenes stuff, like the the rig that he designed for the the Manitou Manitou G. G. Oh, cra- he directed that cracking movie. And they use that in um, John Wick as well. It's been used in a few movies yeah. since, but just, just to I suppose elevate combat. Scenes yeah. like just, just out of out of a out of a passion for the medium. Yeah. Nobody needed to do that. Like no. th- they would have still made movies. They would have still been grand. But he went, no, you know, we can do better. Yeah. It's phenomenal. A man and Manitrace is a great film. Yeah. Great action film. Man, the, 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 I think it was the scene with the in the room with the glass and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. The, the test room. Fuck. Your man comes in. He starts. He has to just constantly Jesus. fight people. And he and it's one of the few times Keanu plays a bad guy. Yeah. He would have baddie which is great and again you see he keeps up the fight and then he fights in that as well martial yeah. arts full on um, yeah so side by side is a documentary I'll give you a lot of that I'll remind me I'll bring that DVD with me next week 
And Man of Tai Chi, if you haven't seen it. Because I was actually only recommending Man of Tai Chi to somebody earlier on. I've seen Man of Tai Chi. Man of Tai Chi is a great film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Keanu. So he's yeah, now... So what else about E3 were you, were you buzzing about? Um, Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite, yeah. Does... I'm hoping... They, you know what I'm hoping Halo Infinite is? What Halo 1 was pitched as. Halo 1 was pitched as an open-ended ring that you just went around and did shit. That's what it sounds like to if me. If they to just be honest, give you the fucking warthog, it's that way. Off you go. Fuck off. Yay! <laughs> That's um, all I need. Nothing else. So there was one character that came out of E3 that everyone is losing their minds over. Uh, Akumi Nakamura, who uh, she was an announcer for a, film, a game called Ghostwire, which is a new kind of cyberpunk supernatural story game that has been developed. She was it used to be an, she was an artist for Bed Z. Okay. She worked on Okami and a few other games. Oh really? Yeah. She, she, she wasn't the lead artist in Okami. Was she? No, she was one of them. Because I got the I art think. book of that. That was fucking gorgeous. Yeah. Um, but she... the the So the, the game is called Ghostwire. And she was the announcer. And she had really broken English. But she was real cute. She's real, like, really affable. Bubbly. Real bubbly and really happy to be there. Like I'm, I'm getting a vision of, like, a Japanese buttercup. There's a picture of her there. That's, that's her there. That's her signing off from her show. Like Not she, buttercup, sorry, bubbles. But she was really yeah. There's bubbles in the background and everything. She was really uh, the the audience just automatically fell in love with her. She just she came out. And she she seems very happy. She's very happy, very happy to be at E three. Very blown away by the fact that she was now the head she developer. Has a smile for fucking days, man. Yeah, and like the, the all of the internet now is falling in love with her. Yeah, she's a very nice mom. So she's very, think, very happy. I think the <laughs> pre orders for the game off the back of her product uh, pre- present presentation. Yeah. I've gone through the roof. She's a one man hype. Sorry, one woman hype train. Exactly. So yeah, crazy <laughs> stuff. So that's that's pretty much just come off. The end. And there's more stuff coming out. Like literally before we started recording, the trailer for the new for oh, the sequel to Breath of Wild dropped. Yeah. Um. So yeah, for 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 an E three that everyone was gonna be worried about because Sony aren't at it. Oh, for the first first time in twenty five years, Sony aren't at it. I think E3. all everybody wanted was Cyberpunk and Doom, and I think everybody got Cyberpunk. Yeah, and Doom, Doom Eternal. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm man. still playing Doom at the moment. I'm still playing Doom on the fucking Switch. I'm playing I'm, Doom. I'm giving it like a like a half hour every couple of days or so, just slowly charging through it, and it's like yeah, it's I'm Doom. enjoying it. I'm it's enjoying. It. I'm playing it on the Switch. Yeah. Like for that to be running on the Switch as well as it does. You see, I think I think games like Warframe and the Division have broken me now, because I love that that kind of the tactical loadout. Like I suppose Halo was was one of the first games to do that, where again it gave you just two weapons. Yeah, you kind of have to choose what you're going in with. Whereas at Doom, you've got everything. It's like, there's no real challenge to Doom. There is a bit, though. No, there's not. Like you're just, when you're just churning through bad guys, yeah, it's gore, there's no, there's and it's no challenge metal music, and it's... There's no challenge. It's not difficult. No. Doom is not a hard game by any stretch of the imagination. No, it isn't. And no. even on the harder difficulty levels, it's literally, it's just, shoot, shoot, melee. Oh, you got health back. Grant, kill him, kill him. Oh, I'm in a bit of trouble. Well, I'll just chainsaw this dude, and all of a sudden I have ammo for every single gun again. Do you, back to do you play it for the story at all? I like the Doom story, but it's... Like, I'm chasing your one down at the moment. She's running up towards the oak. She's got her little canister. She's going to supercharge the thing, and all the demons are going to come out. Yay! Because <laughs> like I was talking to the lads about Division 2, and they've announced that there's a Division Netflix film coming out with um, I, yeah, Jake that, Gyllenhaal that and has, Jessica Chastain. I was going to say, because as soon as that was announced, I was like, I could totally see that coming, because the whole green flu thing... Yeah, people and then and the whole ascension into madness like yeah. they could start it off really well which is people going doing shopping blah, 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 and then just do a quick cut to two months later three months later 
everything has already gone to shit. If they start doing like they did with where was it, World War Z, where they explained how it went and you kind of followed it as it went, it would meander and fuck up and yeah. it would become another Day Z or World War Z. But if they actually did a bit of a, just a time skip, even just a few do, months, do, I, just to yeah. fuck up into it and then you drop them in and they're like, you're the second wave. First wave have gone rogue. We don't know where the fuck they are. Find out what the fuck is going on. And for people who haven't played the game, when they're following the second wave going in, they're getting a few little teasers about his first wave. Oh, it's the first wave guy over here. We've got to go find him. What do you mean he's dead? How did he die? And then you find out the bunch of first wavers went rogue. Yeah. And it's your own guys you're hunting. But maybe one of the second wave team is actually an implant from first wave and they turn on you. You could have such a fucking great story there. Sure. Even if you just take the main characters. I know I know it's not the GPO, but we always call it the GPO because of the post office. Yeah, yeah. If you take all the main characters from the GPO and you build a story around them, Man, that story's got fucking legs for days. That's sure. And this the thing I'm is, really but the, the thing about it is, though, when I'm talking about the last, I always play a game for the story. Yeah. I always do. I play for the guns. I, yeah. The guns are fine, but I always play for the story. Hmm. And with the division. Come for the guns, stay for the story. Yeah. The division two, <laughs> I know the story for the division. I know the story for the division two. Because yeah. I've gone and I've looked it up and I've played it. And I've listened to the characters as they talk. Oh, yeah, I've listened game. to all the audio logs as but well. But I'm playing with the lads that I play, it's like, prep, prep, Boom, 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 boom. let's kill everything let's yeah, go yeah. what's going on What's what are we doing we're just going over to kill a guy grand yeah pay no attention to the fucking story yeah. so when the, the Netflix film was announced they were like oh great we'll get to find out what the story is so the fucking story's in the game you fucking muppets so oh, you're not listening to Captain Benitez you cunts yeah so it's like <laughs> oh lads come on so yeah so there's a division Netflix film coming out with Jessica Chastain and Jake Gyllenhaal hmm. and that's that's up uh, that's in production apparently and then the division has episodic division 2 has episodic they could pieces. even make a TV series out of that but they could do it a mini series yeah, yeah. Well, they could do a full on series if they went down the, the lines of well before it went a bit shit the um, oh what was the one with the vampires it's jumped out of my head now the one with the vampires yeah there's multiple ones with the vampires no the new the recent one with your man the fucking the the bad guy from Ant-Man was in it <laughs> the bad guy from Ant-Man yeah yeah fucking Yellow Jacket was, was the main character I, I missed that completely and I don't know what that is because the only, only, only thing I know him from is House of Cards no it was the fucking oh Jesus Christ it was the one with oh your man fucking oh shite oh, the other fella was in it <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah okay I am absolutely fucking useless the groundskeeper from Harry Potter was in it as well. He was the, the main vampire. Stragoy Hunter. The Stragoy. Fucking, that's nearly it. Come on, you prick. Oh, you're Because that fucking... guy, David Bradley, the actor Thank you, Harry David Potter. Bradley. Yes, yes. David Bradley. He was, was he not in? No, I'm thinking of Bill Nye. That's the Underworld film. No, it's not Underworld. It's the other one. He was, he was the fucking, he was Van Helsing. Was he? He was the fucking Van Helsing character killing the fucking master and chasing them down. And I have not seen this show. Oh, you have seen this show. I haven't seen it. Was it Strain? <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> you shite bag. <laughs> fucking let me meander like a fucking fool there. I've read, I've read the book. I've read the book yeah. from Guillermo del Toro. Right. The strain started off really well, but it did a couple of time skips and it fucked up everything. Okay. It went it went a bit too fucking silly. Yeah. A bit yeah. too shite. Now, I, remember, I remember Gar Cummins lauding its praise. Yeah. It, it started lauding off really well and then the last season, ah, really lads? Yeah. So, but it was still good. It was still enjoyable. Yeah, but if they did it along the lines that like they could quite easily do New York in the same well New York in there as well so yeah. they could pretty much just use all the sets that they had for the strain and just <laughs> take vampires out put lads with guns in there you go yeah but there, just, there just seems to be a lot of stuff coming out about like bio-warfare and diseases and just the, end, guns, the end of humanity yeah. but like, I don't think you're going to be able to look at Jake Gyllenhaal's loadout you might be able to see the backpack oh, I guarantee you I'd, 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 be, I'd, I'd check out his loadout man 
I would well check out Hello there. Thank you, good night. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is, that, is that us? Oh, oh shit, it's 8 o'clock. This is your show, man. You That's tell us when it's done. Um, um, anything else from E3 you want to raff, waffle about before we wrap this up probably this more for next week once it's over but uh, like yeah. it's still going uh, Nintendo were today and no Reggie what no Reggie no Reggie first year with no Reggie is it yeah first year with no Reggie first year with no Sony Sony are doing their own thing apparently I don't miss Sony but like Reggie, well I do I'm a I Playstation miss, guy Reggie, so yeah. he'd always fuck up and do something stupid yeah but he, he was full of cheerful optimism you gotta, you gotta respect that that big smiley head of him yep <laughs> uh, yeah. I love games you guys like games don't you <laughs> Of course we do, dickhead. It's E3. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, see, what I'm hoping for, and again, Cyberpunk is the only one that may not... Well, no, Cyberpunk will deliver because it's, pro, it's CD Projekt Red, but... It'll deliver when it's fucking ready. 20, well, they've given dates for it. It's yeah. April 2020. Yeah. And, I believe uh, that when it lands when. Sure. No, again, I'm, I'm, it's E3. I don't believe... I, I'm hyped for certain things, but I don't believe anything that comes out of E3 anymore. Anthem burnt me hard. Yeah, so I'm like... You know what they did show at E3, which made me very happy? Teaser for the next bit of Warframe. Space pirates, motherfucker! I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Man, I'm so excited about that. <clears throat> you get to fly around spaceship. You got your mates running. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a space ninja millennium falcon. Because you've got your gun turrets. Sounds like a really awesome shitty parody band. Space oh. Ninja Millennium Falcon. Oh man, it's going to be amazing. Because you're going to be able to like go ninja sex party. ship the ship combat. Fly- They're coming over here actually. Yeah. Flying around, shooting shit. You've got to run down, get into your little gun turrets. And you even go down like a whip tube and you're in the fucking turret thing. It's like the Memphis Bell or something? No, it's the Millennium Falcon. Like, you know when they, they go down oh, the right, tubes yeah, okay. and they get in the gun well, turrets? Well, that's based on the Memphis yeah, but it, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but then when you fuck up the enemy ship enough, one of your lads or a couple of your lads have to jump out onto the airlock, fly over to the enemy ship, board it, board it, kick the tits out of all those lads, fuck up their. Are their they team. other players? Oh no no! Like They're, it's it's all PVE, so it's all PVE. Fucking, yeah, it's a great story. But you're you're going in, you're going to kick the shit out of their reactor. But you've got to boss fights and shit in order to do that. While you're doing that, whoever you left behind is still flying the ship, so you're going to make sure there's still a gunner. So yeah. you're going to have half the crew on the ship <laughs> covering. So you're going to be doing that with the people that play here. We're really good at fucking Warframe, dickhead. Don't you fucking... I know, but I, I know I know what the crew are like to play here. No, no, man. Cormac and fucking Fionn and myself and Lee. Steph's really fucking solid as well. Um, Duffy's only back on as well, actually. Okay. Nesson's pretty solid when he's not looking for loot. Well, that's... that's like There's your wild card right there. Nesson is the wild card. But that's yeah. only if there's loot involved. There's going to be loot involved. Well, there's, it's Warframe. Yeah, but there's loot involved in the top end. But like, if you're just opening containers, he doesn't need to do it anymore. He's got his little carrier that does it for him. Right, right, okay. He's all right. He's, he's a good lad. But we just leave him on the ship with the guns anyway. You really, he's, he's happy shooting Will shit. he be happy to stay on the ship and not go for the loot? No, he'll be out. Exactly. <laughs> We're literally going to look around and Nesson's going to be the pilot. Why isn't the ship moving? Nesson, I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> Something shiny, fuck off. But it's going to be fucking whopper, man. And they've always delivered. It's the great thing about Warframe. They've delivered every bit of content. Well, and even if it's if it's bad, yeah. if they don't, if people don't like it, they'll go, okay, shit, we'll fix it, lads. We'll fix yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So that well, that's that's what the honest trailer for Anthem right yeah. at the end is. Look, let's just play Warframe. <laughs> that's pretty much it. <laughs> just say, just play. Like it's he goes through the whole thing of Anthem. Is like this is bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Lads, let's play Warframe. <laughs> that's it. And they show you a clip of Warframe. That's it. Like you know, they go just play, play Warframe. Free, man. Yeah, that's it. And like I I jumped on Warframe ages ago when it first launched here. Yeah. And. Then when it was launched for the PS4, I was like, this is so fucking different. What's going on? Yeah. Then injected a load of different things and it was so different to when I played it on the PC. You just but, follow the mission structure. Like I know a lot of people have told me that when they get in, there's too much content. There's far too much shit. And it's like most of those games have that much content because as you finished your basic stuff, you're always going to be looking for stuff to do. Yeah. So if you just follow the story progression, follow the prompts where it tells you to go, look on your little map, see the blue pulsey bits, go to them. That's yeah. the new mission. If you follow that, 
Your grand. Your grand. Yeah, yeah. The thing about it is, it's finding a crew to play. You don't need to pay any money. It's no, it's free, free. completely free. Yeah. You can, and it's actually on the Switch now as well. Warframe yeah. is on the Switch. But the best thing about it is, everyone like you know, in those kind of online games, there's always the fucking grind. Always. The grind kicks in when you've gotten all the gear. Like it only the the grind really kicks in when you're like you've got like 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 plus weapons. Yeah. Because then you got to grind for the top level stuff. But at that point, it's all all hot, and you've got a crew running around doing it, so it's not difficult. It's yeah. not a hard game to get shit out of. Yeah. Even when the new suits drop, you've got to get relics to unlock those. You can get them in a couple of defense missions with your mates. Play a couple more and you just have all the suits in no time. Like there is no massive grind that makes you want to pay cash. That's the best thing about it. Hmm. So ninjas play free. <laughs> and Rob Lightfield's a legend. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe I said that. Oh no, he's a lovely man. But I, I do think, getting back to that, I do think shit's going to fucking pop eventually. Well, the people have been saying that for a while now with both apparently the big Vertigo two. are on the way out. Vertigo? Yeah. They only just brought them back. Yeah, there's apparently rumours in the grapevine that, um, you know, apparently it's a dubious source, um, but apparently it's going to be reabsorbed back into the DC. Well, it's, it's what happened before. Yeah. All this has happened before and it'll happen again. Yep. Reboot. Circle of life. Yeah, reboot. Reboot, reboot. Oh, we're not rebooting the podcast again. No, not again. I actually did get asked that. Like, how many more feeds are we going to build? Uh, all of them. All of the feeds. Yeah, all the feeds. That's it. We're done. Bye.